one guest, 10 songs, 10 reasons. Music was my first love on Radio Glamorgan. I tend to talk a lot, so I have to zip it sometimes. Most of you will associate my guest on the 70th edition of Music Was My First Love as the young Scousland lady of the Edensfield Arms who drove a bubble car followed by a beetle. However, as you're about to find out, there's a lot more to her career than 17 years on Heartbeat, including entering the song for Europe, parts in, among others, Brookside, Emmerdale Farm, Coronation Street, Boom, The Bill, Medics, along one of my TV heroes, which I will ask her about and work as an ambassador for the Royal Castle Lung Cancer Foundation and plenty more besides. I'm talking about actress Trisha Penrose and with much to talk about, we'll hear from Trisha after her first choice, which is fantastic. Trisha Penrose, a very warm welcome to Radio Glamorgan's Music Was My First Love. Hello, Andrew, and thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you for taking part. It's a pleasure. A couple of things before we start uh, talking about your uh, opening song choice. Let's just get the elephant in the room out of the way. A red or blue side of Merseyside? Of course, red. Thank you very much. You can stay. Um, <laughs> we're recording this on uh, Saturday, August the 20th, 2022. Uh, and a few days ago, you posted uh, onto Facebook a beautiful picture of yourself and uh, Darius, terribly sad and, and very young. Did you know him well? I didn't know him very, very well. But, you know, at these um, charity events in London and wherever in Scotland, I met him and sat next to him on the table, you know, and he was such a lovely, lovely guy. So talented and uh, just... He'd just give all his time to his fans, you know, everybody says the same, mm. and it's just gorgeous, and I still, we still don't know what happened. It was, no, uh, but no age, no, no age at all. 41, oh, I was absolutely gobsmacked when I heard the news, Andrew, I really was. Tell me about your first choice from uh, the late, great Dusty Springfield. Oh, well. Well, of course, it's 60s song, isn't it? I love 60s music. Yeah. Uh, I just love the song. Um, it just makes me feel happy. And every single uh, gig that I do, whether it's for charity or to PA, that is always my opening song. It just, the second I got on stage, I just I shine when I start singing the song. Mm. And I, I don't really know why. But I do, and, and everybody says I sing it really well. Of course you do. And, and um, yeah, I d just recently did a gig at the Spa Theatre for charity in Whitby, mm. so back to my lovely second home, and I opened up with that one. And it went down a storm, so uh, it's my choice for that, really, because I, I just love it. I love Dusty. Have you always been a music lover? Always. I love my music, and I, I actually do love 60s music. Yeah, and was there music growing up at home? Always, yeah. Yeah. Always got my mum. Always had the, the uh, what do you call it, the record player on. Yeah. It was called then, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> yeah, we were always into music. Yes, because my mum was a singer in a band when I was, you know, when I was little. So she would have encouraged you singing then. Of course she did. Yeah, yeah. she was always singing around the house and practicing her songs for her gigs. So I used to sing along with her, you know. I used to, always used to say to her, I hope one day I can sing with your mum on the clubs. And she'd say, well, I'm sure you will, love. And did you? Of course we did. We oh, did lovely. Friend, yeah. Let's move straight on to your second choice, featuring, uh, I think, talking of singers, one of the most underrated singers that we've ever been blessed with, Karen Carpenter, along with her brother Richard. Any reason in particular for choosing uh, For All We Know? Because you were very keen that it had to be this version. 
Uh, well, carpenters. Grew up listening to the carpenters with my mum. Uh, Sundays, cleaning the house. We all had our little chores to do. And she'd always play the carpenters. But this one, to me, really stands out. <laughs> Listening to that then, just isn't it funny how a song can just take you right back to a moment? Yeah. And I was in my house with my mum and my stepdad and I could just picture us in the living room and then doing my chores upstairs, cleaning my bedroom once a week every Sunday. <laughs> She'd give me my cloth and my hoover <laughs> and, uh, and that was always blasting downstairs. And that one song of all of them stood out to me. I just think it's just so lovely to listen to, dead relaxing. And somebody else we lost much too young. Oh my God, it was traumatic that mm. one. Yeah. It was a terrible story. I watched a, the um, a documentary on that uh, carpenter story. That yeah. You saw. Unbelievable. Your, your music career, um, Tricia, has in many ways taken a, a backseat to the acting. So firstly, where did the acting bug come from? And secondly, was it a deliberate decision for the acting to take centre stage or was it just the way it turned out? I think it was just the way it turned out, you know. Because I, I got my first television job on Brookside yeah. when I was 14. I was going to a drama school in Liverpool called Elliot Clark's. And uh, I used to go a couple of times a week. And just by fluke, my dad's friend was in Brookside. He used to play Matty Scoggins. Tony Scoggins is his real name. He played Matty. And Ricky Tomlinson, uh, we all know from the royal family, yeah. uh, he was he was an agent at the time as well, and he actually got me in for an audition to play Damon Grant's girlfriend, and I, I got the part, and then it just went on from there, and then before I knew it, Ricky Tomlinson was my manager, <laughs> agent, and and then just went from acting uh, acting jobs to acting jobs really on telly. I was dead lucky. And were there, were there any on-screen actors or particularly actresses that inspired you? Not really, no. I just, I, I just knew I wanted to be an actress. I was always in the school plays, you know, I was in The Wizard of Oz, played the Wicked Witch of the West. I always wanted the part of Dorothy, but obviously wasn't good enough. <laughs> um, or uh, pretty enough, maybe, I don't know. Um, oh, I don't yeah. think that's for dispute, really. <laughs> oh, you're very kind. So, yeah, so just in school, my mum always said, she's definitely going to be on the telly, she is. And, of course, then I was. And then I just went from uh, different roles and different mm. programmes, you know, from lots of soaps. In fact, I did all the soaps apart from EastEnders. I've got to ask you a, a slightly self-indulgent question. Lots of guest appearances on shows, and one such programme was an episode of Medics. Um, yes. I have to ask you, did you get to do any scenes with my TV hero, Tom Baker? I didn't. Ah. Unfortunately, I would have loved to, but no, I'm sorry. And he's a Liverpool boy as well, I think. I think he, I think is, he yeah. is. For your third choice, you've chosen a 60s classic from Manfred Mann, apart from it being a great pop track. Any particular reason for its inclusion? Well, uh, because it was my opening song, Interhop. I have to confess, I didn't want to steal your thunder, but I came across that clip by accident the other day. So I did wonder. <laughs> Can you remember what your first line was? You can. Are they allowed to say it on the you can go on. It was bloody. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh. But yes, Gina rode across the moors, opening scene in the bubble car to do what diddy diddy dum. Do what diddy diddy dum diddy do. We'll sing it. Do what diddy diddy dum diddy do. 
Trisha Penrose's third choice on this edition of Music with My First Love from Manfred Mann. So, various TV roles, some of the soaps as well as Boone, Medics that we mentioned, Justice, Fort Boyard, The Bill. And then in 1993, this young uh, girl comes along who shapes your life for the next 17 years. How did uh, Trisha Penrose and Gina Ward's paths cross? Well, it was quite funny because when they rang my agent, they said, well, we're thinking of Trisha to play the part of Gina. Uh, so we got a breakdown of the script, and the first thing I saw was a, a scouser on probation. And I thought, all oh, right, I know what they're at here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first thing I got to know about Gina, and then I went up for the audition, and then I got recalled about a week later, and I was up against another well-known actress which I'm not allowed to say no. apparently but uh, she was in Emmerdale and so it was between me and her and uh, anyway I got the job and it was only supposed to be for one year it was supposed to be 10 episodes and uh, 18 years on I was still there and I thought "Woo, it's all right this <laughs> <laughs> and, but, and... Uh, that bubble car just to say it never used to go you know Andrew no I can believe that to push it in an <laughs> Oh, it's a flipping nightmare. Is that why they changed it to a beetle? Probably was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and were you living, were you up there for a long period of time? Did you have to move up that neck of the woods? Yes, well, uh, I ended up uh, going out with the, one of the cameramen. Uh, so I ended up moving in with him while we, we rented a place together up in um, Ilkley, you know, Ilkley Moorbach. Yeah, that. yeah. So just there, so it was literally, the studios were on my doorstep, it was like 20 minutes to do all the interior stuff from the pub, and then it was about an hour and a half up to Ghostland to hmm. do all the exteriors, you know, the shops, and, yeah. and outside the pub, so uh, yeah, so it was quite handy really, it was a bit of a trek when I was still in Liverpool, you know, going up over, yeah. over the moors, over to Leeds, but uh, it didn't bother me. You know, I just thought it was a fantastic job and a dream come true. And although, you know, lead characters came and went throughout the time, it's seen from documentaries that I've seen and things that you read and even what comes over on the camera, it seemed like, like a happy team. Oh, do you know, the, the whole crew were there the whole time. I was there from day one. Mm. Don't forget, they'd done a series before I got yeah. there. So they were like 10 episodes in. And then they were there till the end, the whole lot of us. It was like one big, massive, happy family. Everyone just loved each other. Mm. And so you can imagine after 18 years for me and 19 years for them, all just going our separate ways, it was it was sad, really. Well, yeah, the, in, in 2010, the series came to... It was an abrupt end, um, they said, due to the recession, just after Oscar Blakedon got a pitchfork stuck in him. Um, That's right. Did it come as a big shock to cast and crew? Were there, were there long-term story plans being talked about? No, but there was whispers that it was it was going to end, mm. I think, because a lot of the actors were, were getting on a bit, you know, at that time. You know, Bill Simons, Peter Benson, yeah. Jeff Hughes. I mean, a lot of them, well, five of the main characters have passed away now. Yeah. I went to all the funerals, I can't believe it. So, so they were all getting on anyway, and I don't know, I just, I just think it naturally came to an end. Do you think the recession was used as an excuse? Possibly, yes, yeah, I do. And I think as well, it was getting very, very expensive for them, for them to redo another series because yeah. the actors were all asking for rise. Yeah. pay rises, you know, being honest. Probably including me, my own age. <laughs> so I think they're probably thinking, oh, it's getting too expensive, this. 
so uh, we'll have to call it a day. But it's still on. It's still on every day of the week. On the... I know it is. I said if I was on repeat, I'd be a billionaire. <laughs> Listen, we'll talk a bit more about something else I want to ask you about shortly about uh, Heartbeat. But let's move on with the music. Are you a U2 fan? Well, this is why I picked this song, because I, I am now, but I wasn't until four years ago when I met uh, me fella, uh, Chris, and uh, and he's a massive U2 fan. And he took me to a concert two years ago, and I've just absolutely fallen in love with him. I just love the music, and especially the track you're going to play. Your next choice, uh, Tricia, is from the pen of Tim Rice and the Abba Boys uh, and the vocals of Barbara Dixon and Elaine Page. Tell us about I Know Him So Well. Well, me and my mum, like I said earlier, we used to sing on the clubs together and we were a duo called Second Image. And we started the clubs when I was 16, so 1986. And that was our last song in the whole set. And we'd always get a standard ovation. And because we were like sisters, really, my mum was on each. Well, she was 16 years when she had 16 years old when she had me. So they used to say, "Which one's the mother?" <laughs> you know, because she looked younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were very, very close. And uh, of course, that song is just beautiful. I know him so. You're listening to another edition of Radio Glamorgan's Music it was my first though with actress, singer and cancer ambassador Trisha Penrose choosing ten of her favourite tracks. takes me back Andrew that was <laughs> 1987 and me and my best friend Nikki Hawkins went to Magaluf and that song stands out in my mind because we were all up dancing on the bars you know on the um, on, on the front in uh, Palmanova and there was a club called uh, it was called Bananas and it was like the in place to be yeah that's if I've heard that and before Bananas yeah yeah and uh, so it just it, it's just a great song, and me of course everybody had a crush on George Michael, God bless him, and and also Andrew Ridgely, mm. both gorgeous looking lads, and uh, we of course we wanted to be Pepsi and Shirley. <laughs> 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 Isn't it funny how you think back? You yeah, know, we were obsessed with the video, absolutely obsessed. Well, of course with all of them songs, but yeah. that one uh, particularly takes me back to my first holiday. Uh, when I was allowed to go on holiday for the first time without mum and dad. <laughs> Before we leave the conversation of Heartbeat completely, I want to ask you about someone I grew up with in my very, very early years on a Saturday evening on TV alongside a puppet, um, and who I also thought was the best thing in Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister. I, I, I came to Heartbeat late, but I've caught up on them all. Uh, I think I came... Th- into it probably when you did actually in series two but one of the best decisions that the producers of heartbeat made uh, for me was having oster blayton by the Field arms because of course gina's name was above the door um yeah. but he still felt very much in charge so there was always yeah. going to be fireworks but he also 
kept a fatherly eye on Gina, so it was a great double act. What yeah. what was Derek Fold like both on and off set? He was just the most beautiful person you'd ever meet. Yeah. To meet. Just very, he was like a father figure to me, really. You know, if we weren't working on set, it phoned me every day. Um, and he'd always be looking out for me, as well as, as his character Oscar, yeah. Gina, he did in real life as well, you know. Um, but just such a laugh, you know, and, and as you know, he's very terribly well spoken. Mm. You know, he'd say, darling, and bath, mm. and, and I'd say, bath, and he'd say, bath, darling. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was lovely. And, and like the relationship that Oscar and Gina had was, uh, it was a great one. We did do, do some laughing, though, behind the scenes, you know, yeah. corpse and laughing yeah, on bet. the set all the time. And the directors would often say, you two, Go outside and have a five minutes. <laughs> because once we used to get the giggles, that was it. And then, of course, go for a take and we'd start laughing at the silliest thing again. We'd get told off, get our legs smacked. But, yeah, Derek was lovely. I always um, I always got the feeling that he loved, as each series went on, he got better of it, saying green grass. Oh, he was great, wasn't he? Or he said green grass, or he said, Rowan, my office now. <laughs> But he, 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 go on. Sorry, I was just going to say, I can't believe he's been gone for two and a half years. Oh, it seems like yesterday. Yeah. You know. And much missed. I, I know that's a cliche, and I've already said it during this series, but I mean, as I said to you, I, I was about six or seven, so I, I don't remember a lot of Basil Brush, but certainly uh, Yes Minister and Heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I've got so many photographs of me and Derek. I've got albums full, honestly. Yeah. If I ever do a book. Uh, I'll have many stories to tell. Some that probably <laughs> will shock people. <laughs> do you do yeah. you still miss Gina in the series itself? I really do. Yeah, I do. I, I miss everything about it. Like, you know, I used to get excited about the scripts coming in every week and every other week. Sorry, and you know, finding out which guest artist was going to be in this particular episode because every week they used to bring a, a like a well-known name face in. You know? Yeah. And all the names people I've met, it's like ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I think I've met every actor on telly. You know, like that Bruce Abbott, Bruce Abbott, Russ Abbott. Yeah. Um, you know, Lulu, Charlotte Church, Twiggy, Gary Barlow. Gary Barlow's episode, I remember, yeah. Yeah, they've all been in it. And I'm like, I feel so honoured to have met all these, like, yeah. you know, big superstars. Well... Talk uh, a little about your singing career shortly, so now is as good a time as any to move on to your next choice, which, well, Marty Wilde did it on this series with a song he wrote, and Susie Quattro also did it, so you're in great company. Uh, your next choice is you. <laughs> of course. I thought I'd throw this one in. Uh, yeah, Where Did Our Love Go? It's, uh, it's a great track. It's obviously a cover by the Supremes, yeah. but Gina sang it in one of the episodes. Uh, she had a bit of a scam going on with Greengrass, as they always do, <laughs> in, a, in like a boxing ring. And yeah. uh, I can't remember, it was some kind of a bet. But anyway, I don't know how, but Simon Cowell got involved. And the next thing, they wanted to record it as a single and put it out there. So I said, oh, yeah, I won't say no to that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ooh, baby, 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 Although there is some of your music on uh, a certain download site called Spotify, um, that isn't. Oh, really? 
really? I don't know I don't, why. I don't, I don't even know what Spotify is. Okay, all right, moving on. I'm not, I'm not up with all this technology. <laughs> would, you, would you have liked to have been a, a multi-million selling diva? And I mean the word diva in a nice way. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I suppose I wanted me singing more than me acting, but it just didn't turn out that way. No. You know, because obviously I was singing from being 14. Yeah. Um, and then did a few little silly little records, but never made it, you know. But then, of course, this one with Simon Cowell, so, ooh, might come off after all, you know. But mm. it didn't, again, it didn't really do very well. It got to about number 70 in the charts, but not as good as I wanted well, maybe if, if, if you'd been 10, 15 years earlier, it would have been Stock Aking and Waterman and you would have had some well, success. Exactly. Could have been a little Sonia from Liverpool. <laughs> You're listening to Radio Glamorgan's Music Was My First Love with actress and singer Trisha Penrose choosing 10 of her favourite songs. How did you get involved with the Song for Europe? Uh, how did I get involved with that? A friend of mine in London was a writer, um, someone called Jackie Thomas, and she said, would you be interested? And I said, gosh, yeah, of course I would. I'd, I'd always wanted to be a part of Eurovision. So we came up with this radio, uh, DJ radio, DJ Romeo. And uh, we went and recorded it. And it had to go to a, a, a shortlist. And then she rang me up. She just got into the shortlist. You're in the final four. I was like, you're joking me. And then, of course, we're on telly. And the four of us we're doing our song and one of them was the, the winner obviously who represented mm. us was Jessica Garlic um, with the I think it was called Come Back which is a great song but uh, yeah I would have loved to have represented us in that oh and it was a perfect song for it as well yeah real real pure cheese you know well I voted for you because it was you did you I did, you? actually, yeah. Thank you, got one vote. <laughs> United Kingdom, one. <laughs> and the other question I wanted to ask you about, something you're quite well known for on TV, tell me about you and Lisa Stansfield. Oh, yeah, I did uh, Celebrity Stars in the Rise, which was actually the very first one that was done. Right. And there was Carol Vorderman, uh, Frank Skinner, Scales from Corrie, someone from a London's Burning, and me. And so I got called up by the producer called Nigel Hall, and he said, "We hear you can, you know, take off a load of people." So I said, "Yeah, I could do Madonna, I could do Gloria Estefan, do Lisa Stansfield." So I had to do them all from the studio. That was terrified. Anyway, they liked me, Lisa Stansfield. So it was between that one and you know, um, All Woman, that song. Yeah. So they liked my All Around the World. So that's how that came about, and I was I was made up to say. Tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be <laughs> Lisa Stansfield. I saw a clip of it. I found a clip of it on YouTube. Whatever the makeup department did, you look like her. Really? Oh, yeah. I think it was the black, the black wig. <laughs> and I think you had the costume on that she did at the Federal Mercury tribute concert. Well, apparently so, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they did the work, the uh, costume people and, and makeup in here. They were fabulous. Yeah. And, of course, I did it again years later as um, Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas yeah. tree and I won that one that was the Christmas special so that was a better one that one actually well you won like her and sounded like her more so than Lisa Stanfield yeah. know. a fantastic song uh, for your eighth choice and one of those few songs that tells a story wastes no time with a bridge and, and just starts and finishes tell us about At The Junction up the Junction was the very first record I bought. Right. I was only nine. I so say that was 1979. I keep giving my age away. Don't <laughs> I? 
Um, yeah, like you say, it's a story. It's a lovely story. I won't ask you if as a nine-year-old you knew what it was about. <laughs> no, I probably didn't. But, well, I won't have known what it was about. <laughs> um, acting and singing uh, is one thing, and of course they bring financial rewards, but just as important are emotional rewards and rewards of satisfaction that you've done some good. So how, and for those who don't know, why did you get involved with the Roy Castle Lung Cancer Foundation? Well, well, my lovely mum was diagnosed with lung cancer, uh, very advanced, in 2010. Uh, just when we finished Heartbeat, actually, we finished in May, and my mum was diagnosed the 1st of July. So, I mean, I can't really say the timing was, was right, because mm. I could, you know, be with her all the time. But it was quite uncanny that we just finished filming. I, I, I couldn't have given her all the help that yeah. I did if I was still filming, but I probably would have had to have left the program but anyway yes the 2010 she was diagnosed and then i got involved with uh, roy castle uh, because uh, one of the uh, the founder of roy castle is professor ray donnelly and so he got in touch somehow and i can't really remember and he saw a lot of press me and my mum were doing and he just said would you like to come on board and do some charity stuff for us and i said i'd love to so then I, I, I did a record for them for the 25th anniversary, uh, that was 2015, and it was a, call, a song called You Had a Dream, which Ray Donnelly, he wrote it. It was a lovely song. I don't really know how well it did. It was on iTunes. Uh, and so I, eventually I became an ambassador, which I was very proud of. My mum was there to see me get the, you know, the award at one of the functions that they did. And, and then again, just doing lots of charity stuff for them. And then, bless me, mum, she passed away 2017 on Valentine's Day. Um, so she went, she went up there with love. That's mm. all I can say. Yeah. You know. So yeah, she's got been gone five years this year. I I lost a very close friend coming up from six years ago now from lung cancer, and her son Matthew uh, raised and continues to raise money for the foundation. Was was part of your getting involved initially to help deal with your own grief over your mum? Absolutely. Yeah, it really was, Andrew. Uh, and I was doing a, a, a radio station as well at the time, so I was able to talk about it on that and, you know, just letting people know how much help there is out there. Mm. Roy Castle's a fantastic charity. Yeah, and, and so now as time has gone on, you're as much doing it for the charity as, as, as for your own grief and for your mum. Absolutely, yes, and I will continue to do so. Talked about growing up uh, for a few years with Derek Folds and Basil Brush and, and then, of course, with Roy Castle. So it is wonderful that his name can live on in, in such a positive way and that you can do what you can do. Absolutely. Um, and like I said, me and, me and Derek were very, very close. And he used to support quite a lot of the stuff for the Roy Castle yeah. Foundation. You know, he'd come along to quite a lot of the charity dues that I used to, I used to host. And Derek would always be there, you know, cheering it cheering me on and and just really really supporting the charity was fantastic 
And if anyone wants to donate to the Roy Castle Foundation, uh, is there a website they can go to? Yes, just Roy Castle um, Foundation. You can just, if you Google it, it the websites are all there. And if you need to grab a pen, uh, we'll remind you of that uh, at the end of the programme. Uh, let's move straight on to your ninth choice, Tricia, from an ever-present on this series, The Beatles. Uh, as a Kirby girl, were they a huge influence on you? Oh, they were, absolutely. <laughs> I love The Beatles. And, you know, for my 13th birthday, my main present was The Beatles box. And uh, I've still got them. Uh, I should imagine they'd be worth a few bob. Yeah. So, uh, and this particular song, I just, I just love it. And I, I, again, I can't tell you why. Well, I, well, I love the harmonies, and uh, and you know the meaning of it. It's about falling in love. Mm. You know, again, after you've been, someone's been hurt, and uh, it was by, written by Paul and John. My favourites. If I fell in love with you, would you promise to be true and help me? Understand. I think this is a very underrated and forgotten love song, so tell me about your tenth and final choice. Talking about the lovely Derek Folds, this song was mine and Derek's song, really, because we used to sing it at every possible chance, karaoke's, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, after filming, uh, all day long, filming all day in the pub, we'd have a karaoke night at the pub where we used to all stay in, in the hotel in Ghostland. And they'd all say, Trish and Derek, you've got to do your, you don't bring me flowers. But do you know what the funniest thing was? Hmm. We never, ever learnt the words. So if we ever played it with just somebody playing the guitar, <laughs> we never, ever know it. <laughs> the only time we could get through it was a karaoke night with the words. <laughs> Which does make me laugh, but this song is just me and Derek. Everybody knows it who's, you know, involved in the programme. When you look back in a full and mixed career, um, this might sound like a daft question, but is there one thing that you're most proud of? I would say Heartbeat. Yeah. I don't know whether it's because it's the longest running thing I've done, but I don't know. I just th I think that that character was meant to be mm. for me, really. That rhyme didn't it meant to be for me? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's definitely heartbeat, and I'm just I'm I'm so thankful that I was given the chance, of, uh, you know, a job like that. And as we sit here in August 2022, what's the immediate future for Trisha Penrose? Well, who knows? I've been offered to do Blood Brothers. I don't know if you've ever seen. I have seen Blood Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the the boss man he wants me to play Mrs. Johnson, and I was asked last year, but. Uh, for some reason or another, I couldn't do it. So he said to me, he said, I will wait. And he said, next year. So uh, oh, you must on that stage on tour doing Mrs. Johnson. You must. I saw it um, at the new theatre in Cardiff about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's something to behold. In fact, um, I'll tell you, who, I saw the understudy of... Linda Nolan. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw her understudy. Um, oh, yeah. But it was magnificent. Was she, like, was she good? Yeah, very good. It's just a fantastic show. Um, and again, if anybody wants to donate, uh, if they just Google Roy Castle Lung Cancer. Um, yeah, yeah, it's on there. You just click the button that says press, uh, press the button to donate, and it's all there. There's a form there to donate. We'll play this uh, for you and Derek, but Tricia, it's been really, really lovely and a real pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. It's lovely to speak to you. You couldn't wait to love me. You used to hate to leave me. 
been listening to Music Was My First Love on Radio Glamorgan, where actress, singer and ambassador for the Royal Castle Lung Cancer Foundation, Trisha Penrose, has been choosing ten of her favourite songs. I'm Andrew Wolfe, and join me again soon when someone else chooses ten of their favourite tracks on another edition of Music Was My First Love. Future.